Hello, it's Eliana. I'm going to discuss my time in the secret space program today, particularly in planetary corporations, when I did the 60 and back quantum leap time travel program. So for me, it was basically serving in lunar space operations, two years on the moon, where I had been studying different types of extraterrestrials, what to expect when out in space, um, meeting different extraterrestrials, what they look like, getting to know their culture, getting to know their histories, planets, getting to know what the beings are like themselves, protocols, etiquette, languages, those were the things that I was trained for to prepare me to work in outer space. And it definitely taught me discipline. It taught me to understand different beings, where they come from, what they do, how they live, and to understand how to live in a totally different environment that is not Earth. The moon is different. The atmosphere is different. You usually wear a smart suit if you go out. You can walk on the moon. There is some oxygen that is very thin. So you wear a smart suit, which is made out of nanofiber technology and smart fabric. So it regulates your breathing. It regulates your metabolic rate. I had a light silver smart suit when I was on lunar space operations. And that base is in a deep in a crater of the moon. It's, it's hidden. So there's cloaking technology that is holographic in nature and it shields the base. So you can't see it by satellite or radar from space. It's shielded. That's why it's called the secret space program. And I was on that base for two years. It's about 32 levels for that particular base. And it's dome-shaped, so it had three different modules connected to it by corridors or tunnel systems inside the crater. And it was kind of whitish-gray in how lunar space operations looks like. It has different environments. It has where the personnel work. It has learning labs where new SSP assets, assets are acclimated to understanding different cultures, different extraterrestrial beings, what to expect when you're out in space. You're getting acclimated to life in space. That's what I was doing on lunar space operations. So you have all kinds of different labs. You have learning language labs. You have cultural labs. You have research and development labs with genetics, plants, growing plant material for finding cures for cancer. They work with different types of aloe, aloe plants with water plants. They have aquaponics, uh, hydroponics gardens for growing food in one of the biodomes because they have on the different levels, there's also biodomes 
So you feel like you're actually on a planet when you go and visit a biodome because it's a park-like environment with gardens, with plants, uh, with vegetation, green grass. The lighting, the lighting itself is interesting. It simulates sunlighting, natural lighting. You don't even see any synthetic lights because there's none. The technology is that advanced where the lighting is like on earth. It can simulate day or night. So those biodomes are really interesting places to go and visit, to relax in, or sometimes there are scientists working in the gardens, in the hydroponic aquaponics gardens. They're working with plants, they're working for cures for diseases with different plant life. And that's what I got to see in the domes. I got to study a lot of different languages and get acclimated having a translator device in my ear. At that point, I didn't have my Neuralink implants yet. That happened on Mars. But I did get used to wearing a smart suit. My metabolic rate was regulated. Um, I didn't have to go to the bathroom for like seven hours. While wearing the smart suit, it would regulate all metabolics. So that was interesting. I studied a lot of the a lot of the time in the language labs getting to know the different languages of the extraterrestrials and learning how to properly enunciate the different words the vocabulary the phrases um lunar space operations has many many databases with different extraterrestrial languages and they add on to that. Every time they need a new species, they will add on the languages to the databases. That's what I was primarily doing on lunar space operations. And again, this base is one of the biggest on the moon, but there's other lunar space operations bases on the moon and also where asteroids are. They have mining operations in cities on asteroids. That's why it's called Lunar Space Operations, because it's more than one base. So after those two years spending time on that base, I was transferred to Mars to work as a cybernetics technician on the Mars basis in the cybernetics labs. And there I would every day wear either a black smart suit, totally black, again, nanosynthetic, nanofiber fabric in the smart suit, nanotechnology, totally black. Um, I would wear a dark blue one, sometimes light silver, dark gray. Uh, the colors of the smart suit can change and it's genetically coded specifically to the person wearing it. So nobody else could wear your smart suit because it's DNA coded for you and biocoded for your body type, your metabolism, your metabolic rate, your molecular structure. It's specifically coded only for you to wear as a safety feature. So nobody else could take it and wear it. They won't be able to get into it because it's not genetically coded to them. That was an interesting feature of it. So what was it like living on Mars? Again, they have circular module bases. 
covered by electromagnetic fields and frequencies, also cloaked and shielded with holographic technology, so you can't see it from satellites or radar. It's protected by holographic tech. Some of the bases are in craters and some not, just on the surface or underground. Mars does have a higher content of oxygen than the moon, so the atmosphere is much better on Mars. You still have to wear a smart suit when you're on Mars because it's still a thin atmosphere. It's not as much oxygen as we have here on Earth because Mars's atmosphere, atmosphere had been stripped 500,000 years ago. So I still wore the smart suits. I worked in the cybernetics laboratory. Um, there's different levels. There's genetics. There's creating biological drug serums, biological human cyborgs. There's the holographic medical pods for healing different types of diseases, regenerating limbs, body parts, fixing DNA mutations, healing the body and the soul. Those holographic medical pods and the ones that I had saw, the ones that I saw and had seen, they were floating. They had levitation technology attached to them, so they didn't have a pot, like a tripod anymore. Uh, so they were portable. They were floating, and it's for usually for people up to eight feet tall, ten feet tall. Um, these medical pods, they are both for humans and humanoid extraterrestrials. So basically, it allows you to heal the body, heal the mind, heal the soul components. And it's connected to holographic technology. So when you're inside the pod, medical pod, it scans your body, your organs, your mind, all your peripherals to find out what's wrong with you medically, what needs to be healed with the toroidal torsion plasma fields and the crystalline energetic fields. They're both. There's also older medical pods that healed things with lasers and different types of mimetic gels, but these newer pods, they use plasma field healing energy and crystalline beams of energetic frequency for healing. Different colored beams do different types of healing. There's also the regeneration tanks that use light type of liquid, blue, pink, purple, those are the primary ones for healing the body, for healing the organs, the mind, for healing the mind and mind trauma. It's green, yellow, orange. So I've never been inside a holographic medical pod. I use the biological drug serums to heal my own immune system and to get acclimated to Mars. I don't, I don't remember being inside a regeneration tank either, but I do remember super soldiers using uh, the holographic medical pods and the regen tanks. When you go inside a regen tank, you're basically in a stasis field. So you're kind of semi-asleep, might be awake. Uh, the liquids are light. The goos are very light, 
they're not sticky. They're, they don't make you feel like you're going to drown. They're very light liquids. So you feel like you're just floating in it and you're in a gentle biofield. So you're not, um, you're, you're not feeling like you're drowning in these planetary pore regen pods and regeneration tanks. So it's, it's um, from what I've heard, it's pleasant experience uh, in the regeneration tanks, the ones that Planetary Corp has on the Mars spaces. I remember working with genetics. I had several holographic computer stations where I would see different DNA sequences of different extraterrestrials. And I was studying how to genetically augment humans with extraterrestrial DNA and also to create biological drug serums to reverse the aging process to make people young. Uh, I was 60, but when I inject dermally injected myself with a dermal injector through the skin with one of the biological drug serums I would create, I would reverse the aging process and look like I was 30, not 60 on the cybernetics labs while I was there. I would also do the genetic projects, plan them out, create the different genetic genomes, and I would test them out on myself. Sometimes my molecular structure would change and I would look like other human extraterrestrials for temporary trial usage. And I would have their characteristics traits, some of the augments of their abilities as well. At that point, I did have my Neuralink implants, uh, and those were developed by Blonde Nordics, by the Blonde Nordics. Uh, there were Blonde Nordics, tall Nordics, working with the human personnel in the cybernetics labs and on the Mars bases. I remember being on 11 Mars bases, working with these Blonde Nordics, also wore smart suits, um, and they created the etheric Neuralink implants that I had. I had four of those in my brain, left side of my brain, and they had energy cores. They had these interesting symbols, glowing symbols on them, and they were connected to nanotechnology and nanofiber gold. Now, these Neuralink implants, the etheric aspects existed on the fifth dimension, so if you tried to scan them with an MRI machine, you wouldn't see anything because it's on a different density, different dimensional scale where these etheric parts of the implants are. And the nanotechnology is minuscule. You can't see it on an MRI or a CAT scan or a CT scan. So it's almost like having invisible implants. These implants allowed me to connect to different holographic databases to talk telepathically to other SSB assets who had also the implants to pilot ships remotely and to test pilot different frigate ships, uh, gandry, tomahawk ships that can go beyond the speed of light or as close as possible to going beyond the speed of light. Um, they were retrofitting some of them with crystalline technologies 
that were retrieved from my past life memories as galactic extraterrestrials, because I had worked uh, on developing crystalline technology, crystalline nacelle technology that goes from solid state crystal to liquid state and flow state to make nacelle engine systems like that, crystalline, to put on the ships. So I remember being in a memory engram station and those memories extracted from my mind to create that kind of technology to advance planetary corporations for GAT ships and tomahawks. Um, when I was in the cybernetics labs, I would have a long grayish medical lab coat, light gray, and I did wear a smart suit. I had a dark blue smart suit or a lighter silver one or a dark silver one. When I was in the when I was working with the holographic technology, doing the genetics, I would see different types of genomes and DNA being holographically shown on the computer stations. Again, holographic technology interfaces, so you can see everything from 360 degree angles, because with holographic technology, you can zoom in and out. I always wore a smart suit, a tight fitting smart suit. I preferred blue, light blue or dark blue. It fit the whole of my body. It was a slim smart suit. It did have an electromagnetic field around it, so it would protect me from any type of weapons fire, whether projectile bullets or laser fire. I spent about six to seven hours a day working in the cybernetics labs, doing various genetic work, working with those holographic medical pods and the holographic tech, calibrating it, adjusting it, making sure the regeneration tanks work correctly. I also gave input on creating smart suits and doing the genetic coding for each smart suit, each individual person who would wear it, reading their genome and DNA sequencing with a portable genome scanner and sequencer. It could read their DNA and calibrate the smart suit to work perfectly for their DNA type. Every time we would enter the cybernetic cybernetics labs, we would be scanned by, we would be actually scanned head to toe. We would stand on a platform, put our hands, both hands on the genome scanner platform, and it would scan the whole genome to make sure it's actually you who's entering cybernetics lab, that it's not a clone, that it's not a shapeshifter, that you're that you don't have any extra implants in your body other than what planet planetary corp has augmented you with, that you are not a cyborg, that you are not any type of a avatar mixed hybrid being. You only have the augmentation that Planetary Corp created for you. Every day, stand up on the scanning platform, put your hands on the platform, scans you, make sure it's you, go and work in the labs. So I also had battle-ready Viking training. So that battle-ready Viking training 
What it included is me wearing different colored smart suits, dark blue or black, form-fitting, of course. Um, my hair was blonde. It was long, and it was in a braid when I was wearing the smart suits for battle training with laser swords, and it would kind of glow silver or blue. The reason why we were trained with battles, like with different type of type of battle scenarios, we had battle scenarios with laser swords because when you're on a base or on a spaceship, if you're using bullet projectiles from, from physical firearms, it will create holes in the metallic portions of a ship and the oxygen will literally be sucked out. So you can't be using projectile, projectile weapons out in space. You're using laser swords, you're using phasers or laser firearms. Same with laser daggers. So it's lasers that you're using, plasma weapons, but you're not using projectile weapons with actual bullets because that can destroy the hull of a ship or it could destabilize the gravity on a base. And the um, also the environmental system can be destabilized. And then you don't have oxygen on the base. So we weren't allowed to use projectile firearms. We had laser phaser and plasma firearms. And we had swords, laser swords, magnetically attached to the back of our smart suit. Or you had a magnetic case holding for a sidearm, laser phaser sidearm. Um, um, a laser gun or a laser phaser rifle. It, they could be bigger or smaller. So when I was doing the battle ready training, Viking battle ready training, uh, I would wear a smart suit. I would practice fighting with the laser sword. And I had my hair in a long braid blonde. I've always had blonde hair. It would, it would be braided because when you're fighting or practicing fighting with swords or knives, you don't have loose hair. It has to be per the military protocols and the corporation. Your hair has to be clipped and tied so nobody can grab you by your hair or chop it off. Um, so when you're in battle training or engaging in an actual battle, not just a battle training simulation. Your hair needs to be tied back in a bun, in a braid. When you're just doing your work on the base, you can be wearing your smart suit with loose hair, long or short. Um, you're not gonna be attacked by anybody while you're you know, working on the base, but you do carry a sidearm, a little phaser rifle, or a laser rifle, and you wear your sword. Even on Mars bases, there's also reptilian-like beings there, mantids, who share the planet with the human SSP personnel. There's also the natives, the native beings that live on Mars. So they look like natives, Native American, 
people with golden skin, tall. Basically, they're the original Mars colonists or colonists that had at some point colonized Mars 500,000 years ago. So they live in underground cities. So the secret space program, SSP asset personnel share their, they share land and prime real estate with other beings on Mars. So it's not just SSP assets on Mars, there's other beings living there. So for safety precautions, you are expected to wear the smart suit and to have some type of weapon for protection, even inside the base if you need it with all your nanotechnology. And the neural link implants, which are 300 years more advanced than what's called Neuralink on Mars. So what's called the Neuralink technology created by Elon Musk, those are microchips. They're not Neuralink implants. You, they call them implants, but they're not as advanced as what is on Mars. Those implants are nothing like Neuralink, nothing at all. I also remember working with portable Meditech units that have plasma technology and they can levitate. And if a super soldier has been injured during battle, the smart suit will signal that there's an injury and it will call out a Meditech unit. And that technology is self-contained. There's no medic going along with it. It's just the Meditech unit that looks like a miniature, miniature version of the holographic medical pod. And it goes out from the base, picks up the SSP acid or the super soldier. They're still wearing their smart suit, encapsulates you inside the pod, make sure you have oxygen. Um, it monitors your biofield signs your life force energy, and it keeps you alive. It keeps you in a mini type of a stasis field that protects your body from not taking a system crash, not going an energetic crash or not having a heart attack. It, it just stabilizes your bio signs and living signs to make sure you're not dead until it delivers you to the holographic medical pod. It transports you inside the pod because it levitates. So it could just transport you inside the pod. Pod closes, starts the medical scan, holographic medical scan, and then um, holographically the meta, the Meditech unit goes away. The holographic scan is completed and the cybernetics technician programs in the different types of healing that's needed or body regeneration or whatever into the medical pod and the frequencies of the plasma and the crystalline energy are activated and the healing process starts. It could take 30 minutes to an hour to a couple of hours, depending on what the injuries were. And if you need to regenerate skin, body parts, remove any kind of scarring, usually it's like an hour and then you're healed and you if you're regenerating body parts, that might take two hours, like organs or hands, feet. So it could take a couple of hours. I also remember studying different genetics of different 
extraterrestrials like mermaids, aquatic beings. Um, so if we were to create a genetic profile for a being, and if they don't have legs instead of a tail, that's a more complex and exotic genetic profile for DNA sequencing that you're creating. It could take a couple of hours to create that and then synthesize it to the molecular structure of a human body to transform you temporarily or even permanently into that being with a genetic scanner. And you're lying on a holographic table. It scans you or with a more portable genetic scanner and then does all the molecular modifications to your body and changes and it changes you into that extraterrestrial being so when you look at yourself in a holographic mirror you're going to be that being for however long the genetics are programmed to keep you that way for missions for projects whatever it is that you're doing the holographic medical pause can also bring somebody back from the dead. It can retether the soul and the silver cord of the soul back into the physical body. Um, it could be done with permission or without the soul permission. So it could do that within like 19, 24 hours of the soul being outside of the body. It could retether the soul energy to the original body. And the interesting thing about the holographic medical pause is that your DNA profile is always on hand in the databases. So your healthiest genetic profile, so it could regenerate your whole body, even if there's only a few cells left of your body, it could fully regenerate you to a full living, breathing human being again. And it goes to your most healthiest genetic blueprint when you were at your healthiest, small, young, big, at whatever age, it takes that healthy genetic blueprint of the soul field and it heals you. So it's optimal health, whole body, mind, soul health through the holographic medical pod regeneration. I always remembered wearing the smart suits. My preferences were dark blue, full light armor smart suit. Not, not the heavy ones, just the light armored ones, skin fitting smart suits that fits your body properly and it mimics clothing perfectly. That's the uniform, uniform that you're wearing while you're in the SSP in the factions. Um, and I always had a laser sword. My preference was the dark blue smart suit with the laser sword, um, my hair in a ponytail or braided. My long blonde hair would be braided. I've always had greenish blue eyes. And when working in the cybernetics labs, I had a kind of like a silver or grayish smart suit with a long kind of silverish gray lab coat, comfortable coat. Um, again, my hair would be either looser in a ponytail or a braid while I was studying the holographic systems and the genetics and genomes. Um, the labs had kind of like white, silver, blue metallic walls on the bases. 
I also served, um, I went to Antarctica after my 16 back on the Mars basis and in Antarctica, I studied the Atlantean outposts that looks that look like crystalline crystalline cities carved out of carved carved literally carved out of crystalline technology and i studied the neuralink chairs which look like almost like a cathedral chair if you will it has holographic technology and glowing symbols that light up in blue green frequency and they're genetically coded to the descendants of, of Atlantean beings. So I've had past lifetimes in Atlantis as a mermaid and a geneticist. So I could access the Neuralink chair, sit down in it, and it would connect to my thought consciousness ability. And it could show me different histories of what's happened in past events, past lives, near present and future events. It would allow my mind to connect with the holographic tech and see possibilities in the future, near future, the present, and see the past on Earth and different planets. It, this technology also allows you to open portals to see where portal access points are in the universe, planets in space. It allows you to access universal knowledge to study different universal knowledge that you want access to. And when I was in Antarctica, I also wore a type of a light armored smart suit, dark blue, with a coat over top, sort of um, kind of something that had a little bit of, it's not real fur, it's synthetic, but it had a bit on the hood, it had a bit of fur on the hood. The rest was just like a warm, long jacket. It was kind of grayish blue. And I had a laser sword because in Antarctica, because of the electromagnetic frequencies, you can't use projectile firearms either. You have either a plasma or a laser sword. And that's what I had, plasma laser sword with me when I was studying this technology inside the Atlantean outposts. Some of them are under the ice, some of them are on the surface because everything is, some, some portions of Antarctica are covered purely by ice, some not so much, and there's more of the landmass that you see. Um, there's also portal stations, ancient portals, what you would think of as on Stargate SG-1, similar type of portals. I studied that a little bit in Antarctica when I was there. I was there for like a year. So I had that experience after the SSP service. SSP also sent me to Antarctica. I studied the Atlantean versions of ARC ships that have holographic technology and crystalline technology inside where you can connect to the crystalline ports systems and access information, access archive systems, access the ship mainframe. I had been abducted to Area 51 S1 bioengineering laboratory where I had seen the different regeneration tanks 
filled with plasma, like whitish blue liquid, and hybrids growing inside of those regen tanks, regeneration tanks, like maturated bodies of gray human hybrids being grown by human personnel, by scientists. And I would be transported on this type of a portable platform station with a genetic scanner. So it would scan me to make sure I'm me and not somebody masquerading as me. And I would be beamed through that uh, to Area 51. Now they have surface level bases. Then they have like 52 levels of underground facilities. I was working in S1. I would be given a silver white smart suit or jumpsuit as you call it, put that on, leave my original clothes in a locker. Sometimes I would take a black elevator system down from the surface level basis underground, or sometimes I would be directly beamed by the portal station deep underground and go straight to the S1 lab, which again had silver metallic walls. Some of them were bluish. Um, and I would work on synthesizing different genetic codes and DNA for creating these human gray hybrids from gray human DNA. I also studied animal DNA, how to hybridize that with humans to create chimeras. And I had done that about a year as well in um, Area 51, underground bioengineering facility. I had seen saucer-like ships, like silver metallic ships, coming in to pick up these human gray bodies. Some of them were seven feet tall, and it took like a day to, it would take a day to encode the genetic material to grow them. And it would take several weeks for their bodies to maturate into full adulthood. So they were never babies or fetuses. They would be grown from cultured cells. And I think this is a cloning program that they're doing in S1 in the underground facility. They have their own generators. They have their own different levels. Um, they, are, they are using anti-gravitic maglev trains to transfer personnel and equipment underground through the tunnel systems that interconnect to Cheyenne Mountain to the Cheyenne complex, um, Raven Rock complex, NORAD, Dulce base or what's left of it. So I would, I remembered those maturated clones being picked up and put on these ships to be transported to, to be taught how to fit in into human society, to act like humans and blend in with humans to see if they could create humans 2.0 with these beings. And they were grown from cultured genetic cells. So they would have memory imprints of personalities of different people. So they had memory ingrams implanted through the cultured cells of the DNA sequencing to give to give them personalities. Not all clones have what we would call a full soul. 
they have fragments of souls, part of memories of personalities of different beings. So that's a small fragment of a soul implanted into the clone culture cells of the genetics. Who you are going to, who you are going to grow the clone into. So that's what I remember from that. And then when my projects were completed, I would have, there would be these flashing kind of a golden lights that would do a memory wipe of my memories of what genetic projects I was working on. And then I would not quite remember what I had done. The next time I would come back into S1 lab, start the project, start the work, and then the mind wipe with the lighting would start again and I would forget what I did. Um, but I would still have vague memories of these experiences. So the mind wiping technology through the holographic medical pods, Ingram stations, and those lights in Area 51 didn't quite completely work to properly erase my memories because I still remember these experiences. And the jump gateway stations with the bismuth type of coils on the side, on the Mars basis, those jump room platforms, portal, portal beam out stations in the jump room gateway rooms themselves. It had bismuth kind of panels or coils on the teleportation stations. Um, Area 51 teleportation sta stations it just glow white with a white or blue beam when it was beaming me in and out. Don't remember any crystal panels or nacelles beside that tech. So that's kind of um, the memories I have. And I have memories of being picked up by TR6 craft that were in that triangular shape. Black ones, blue ones, green ones, white ones, and silver ones. Um, and portaling me through the portable teleportation stations onto the ship and taking me to the Mars bases or to the moon, lunar space operations, moon bases. And those portable teleportation stations, they can pick up on a person's life force frequency or soul signature. And it remembers that pattern and it could track you where you are on a planet, a space station, and it could teleport you off planet to the ship, and then the ship takes you to another planet. And with the quantum leap time travel technology, it's time dilation technology. So it, it, it can streamline timeline events where it's smooth transitioning, and nobody will know you were even gone because you're time dilated and return to, to the exact zero point frequency time period for when you were taken. So time travel technology allows you to do that. Um, I have also worked with time corporations who monitor the way that the different SSP factions work with time travel technology. I also worked with Dark Fleet or what's called Nachtwaffen and I was trained as a female assassin to go and retrieve criminals. I had a laser sword. I had a slightly more heavier armored smart suit to protect me because these criminals could be violent sometimes. 
They could be criminal escapees, hardcore murderers that needed to be retrieved from different planets, environments that were hostile in the different galaxies, Milky Way, Andromeda Galaxy, and returned to the prison barge ships where there were interrogators and guards, heavy armed guards, uh, where these prisoners would be brain reprogrammed or sentenced for life, depending on what they did. And, and those were forget barge ships, literal cloaked prison ships, huge barge ships that look triangular-like. Imagine the the fleet of ships in Star Wars like that. I wore a black smart suit, had a laser sword, and I was a female trained assassin. Different types of firearms, uh, throwing knives, daggers, the swords, even like normal swords, your heavy duty metal swords. I was trained in those um, with laser phaser rifles and guns and even bullet projectile guns and plasma rifles um, and serving on different spaceships. When I was in Dark Fleet, working with a reptilian insectoid guide named Zagor, who wore a black smart suit. He had green skin, black eyes. So he wasn't fully he wasn't fully reptilian. He wasn't Draco. He was a reptilian insectoid hybrid, um, hybridized being created by the Draco. He always wanted his freedom. Um, his species were enslaved. He was one of the liaisons. He was my liaison in Dark Fleet. And I worked with him. He never harmed me. He helped me. Uh, I also worked with him in the Mars Cybernetics Labs because the human geneticists and the scientists wouldn't always let me in where I needed where I needed to go to do the genetics work. He, Zagor had clearances apparently above the human scientists and the Nordics had higher clearances than the human scientists on the Mars bases. I prefer to work with the Nordics more than the human personnel on the Mars bases and the human personnel were from different countries, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, different countries from Earth. And I actually knew that Earth existed. Uh, we were never told that Earth was destroyed. That story was never told to us. We were told we were told that once we finished our tour, tour of duty, for me, it was the 16 back that I would get to go home one day, return back to Earth. So that's kind of my SSP experiences. And I've seen the triangle crafts floating and hovering above my houses in South Surrey, White Rock area in British Columbia, Canada, since 2016 until 2020. And I have photos of that. I have um, dates and times, timestamps of when my abductions happened. So my testimony is fully documented. Um, and chronicled, cataloged of my various experiences. I had been abducted by reptilians when I was a small child in Ukraine. It's taken to underground dumb space under Rostov by these black drazo reptilians with ridges on their heads. They were the soldiers, four, 13 to 14 feet tall, 
and also by the Sharab Invictus, yellow greenish reptilians, 12 feet tall. I remember seeing this um, guy who was about 12 feet tall. He had gray skin, black hair, reddish eyes. He was the sort of the experimental observer, humanoid looking. Um, I had been infested with nanite technology that burned my blood and ruined my immune system. I saw kids in cages or shackled to walls of this dumb, dumb space. Human personnel did nothing while the reptilians did these experiments. I've had extraterrestrial contact experiences with Pleiadians, Andromedans on various crafts, motherships, lightships. I've worked with their Arcturians. They've taught me healing. Um, the Arcturians with the big heads, blue skin. And when they walk, they look like they're floating. And their mother, their motherships um, can change shape, can change frequency. So they can be much bigger than what they look like on the outside. And they've taught me quantum healing, energetic healing. I've met the L race who are 12th dimensional beings that can also change shape physically and be light beings. They have different bioships, biological spaceships that they can create energetically with frequency. And they come from 15,000 years in the future. So they're 12th dimensional beings that are here to observe the shift happening, the shift horizon event the ascension process and evolution of human beings on earth. And they're gu guiding some of the human guardians here, helping them out to complete their missions on the planet and off planet. So I've had those experiences as well. Ever since I was a little girl, I've seen different types of UFOs in Ukraine, Canada, Israel. Um, so yeah, those were my SSB experiences. Thank you so much and namaste.